Today on the program, our hosts will analyze WWE's recent fourth quarter 2019 financial call and give their perspective on where the beleaguered company goes from here. Welcome to the ProWrestling.Cool Financial Report for February 7th, 2020. Welcome to the WWE Financial Report for ProWrestling.Cool as we take a look at this year's Q4 analyst. It's me, Oscar, but the S is spelt with a dollar sign. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Big Money John. That's right, it's Big Money John here coming at you with the hot financial stocks and stocks and everything. Buy and sell! Well, well, Big Money, are we buying or are we selling? We're... We're selling. We're definitely selling. Ooh. Bad Q4? Not a great Q4, it turns out, Oscar. Hmm. Well, you want to just dive into that? Yeah, let's get right on into it here. Uh... Check it out. We're back for another Friday shit post, and we're covering the WWE financial report that happened this Thursday. Whoopsies. I guess that's yesterday by the time this comes out. Yeah. We're coming to you from the past. The stock might the stock might have soared by the time this show goes up. You might want to sell again, but this time because you're going to get money. Ching, ching, bling, bling with the cheddar. You ain't talking money, then you're talking don't matter. Thanks, Shane. It's an audio podcast, so you can't see this, but I am currently shuffling. Wait. Is Shane the reason that the stock price went down? I mean, he is the best in the world. I mean, you could argue that Shane should have done better with the stock. I mean, look, let's just be honest here. If there's one thing that Shane is definitely best in the world at, it is tanking companies and other financial investments. What do you mean? His Chinese streaming service is totally great. Yeah, and his his legal weed farm or whatever. That seems like it's going well. Shit, he has a legal weed farm? He's invested in some kind of weed thing. Is it RVD CBD? I don't think it is RVD CBD. <laughs> I think he's trying to get in on the medical. Or maybe mm. like, you know, the Colorado. Ah, how do you think Vince feels? Is that why the XFL has legal weed? Hey, maybe. Maybe Vince has just been hanging out with Shane more. Look, pal, you remind me of your mother. I don't know if that means that I hate you or I want to fuck you, but this grass you have is great. Let's be honest. We, we know that that means that Vince hates him. It's true. Maybe it means that he. Maybe it means that he tried to fuck Sable in front of Shade. <laughs> I didn't know that Shane had a thing for white cotton panties. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the money part here. Let's talk some money, greenbacks, finances, accounting, numbers. That's number wang. Stonks and bangs. Oh, fuck. Number wang. I did it. Yes. Um, this, it's been a rough week for WWE. 14. That's number wang. Yes. I'm great at this. Okay. We'll have to come back to this. It's yeah. Like you said, it's been a bad week for WWE. I mean, actually bad. Like, well, I guess we're now in the second bad week because it really, it started last Thursday. Yeah, the 30th is when the shit hit the fan. It's been a bad start to February. It's been one week. It, it literally has been one week since um, this this podcast will be going up one week since the stock tanked. Yeah, uh, as we talked about on uh, the Mothership Daddy this week, um, last Thursday, the January 30th, WWE released information that they had fired uh, their two co-presidents, George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, who had been with the company for, you know, 
close to a decade there. And the stock price went from a not not exactly a high, but like, you know, a very good price that it had been at, you know, steadily at for a while of uh, 6230 all the way down into the high 40s and has kind of been dropping ever since. At the time of this recording, it's at 44. Oof. You know, like it dropped another $5 today after the investor call. And granted, it's not like this means that WWE is doing poorly. I mean, you know, obviously, yes, it does mean that, like, you know, they've lost a lot of investor confidence in them and that they're not really seen as like a very as valuable stock as they used to be right now. But like when we actually look at some of the numbers that they're reporting here, they're, Vince is doing fine. I mean, it should also be noted that, yeah, it's at forty four fifty right now. This morning at nine thirty, it was at $40. Whew. So it, it did recuperate after that investor call. Although it didn't it start at like 49, 48 at the beginning of the day? Yeah, it closed yesterday at 49. Then the report comes out, it drops to 40, and then the call happens and it's now at 44.50. Yeah, because admittedly, like, there was a lot of good news on the call. Like, let's not front here and be like, you know, that this is just some, like, unmitigated disaster. There are some serious problems that we're going to have to discuss, obviously. But, like, in terms of money, they're kind of doing fine. I mean, it's the thing that we've, it's the thing that's been kind of the stat that's been bandied about a lot of like, you, their ratings were at the highest during the Attitude Era, but WWE is making so much more money now than they were during the peak of wrestling because advertisers now are comfortable touching the product. Yeah, like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but one thing I do believe that I saw in the coverage of this is that this is their most profitable quarter ever. Yeah. I mean, think that's probably has something to do with the fact that they've expanded now officially to two Saudi shows. Hmm. Like, as much as we give them shit for that, like, there's a lot of money involved in those things. Yeah, I mean, they did, they did specifically call out the Saudi shows as being very big expansion points for them. Yeah. I hate it. That that's worth what? Like 5 billion dollars over the course of the 10 years? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not that much, but like, you know, they're getting a lot of money. Um, like it sounds like they're getting like 50 million a show. Yeah. If not a little more than that. But I mean, where they're not, where they're not making money, though, is on the network. Yeah. Well, actually, we don't know how much money they are or aren't making on the network because when an investor asked Vince about that, he specifically said, we don't comment on how on the profitability of the network. It feels like as a publicly traded company, they should. Yeah, I, I was kind of like reading that like. You can do that? You can just say, no, we're not going to tell you that. I mean, I guess it's one of those things of, like, if you're an investor and if it's good things, they'll tell you how much money it's making. If it's bad and they're not telling you, then that kind of gives you an impl- uh, an inkling that, yeah, this is not good. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like if the number was good, they wouldn't hide it. They would have Michael Cole tell you it every week on Raw. Yep. But, yeah, like, so while we don't know how much money the ne- the network is losing, because it's definitely losing money, if, if you put it that way, um, we do know that they are down to uh, 1.42 million subscribers. Uh, that is about a 10% drop from where they had been previously. It's also worth noting this is the first time since 2015 that their subscribers drop below a million in the U.S. Yeah, and do we? And they didn't put out numbers for for what the subscriber count in the U.S. is, did they? We just know that it dropped below a million. It's below a million. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I did some basic math here. Like, 
that 10% drop basically means that they lost about 158,000 subscribers. Yeah. Which at 9.99 a month adds up. You know, that's that's 1.5 million dollars. Yeah, 1.5 million dollars a month that you're you're missing out on. Yeah. Not like good. It's, that's a big drop. And I mean, hey, it's not like I'm fucking surprised. Like they've done – they've had a twofold thing here of the WWE programming itself has been pretty poor. And like I feel like a lot of people have been tuning out because of that. And then it also doesn't help that like, hey, one of your big selling points for this was NXT. You want to watch NXT? You got to watch it here. Now nah, you can watch it on USA except for the takeovers. But even the takeovers are on Hulu. The takeovers are no longer on Hulu. I, I I thought people were saying that they were still on Hulu. So, here's the thing. Um, they used to put the takeovers on Hulu. Ever since they changed over to the USA thing, now they just put up, they just put up like, the, the hour cuts of the NXT episodes, and mm. they don't put up the takeovers. It all, it all changed when it went to USA. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. It does, but also, you know... If you don't really care about the takeovers as much, like I, if you just if you just want to watch a free show and not pay them money, like you can watch the short version on Hulu if you really want. If you have a cable subscription, you can just watch it on the USA app. There's like there's genuinely if there's genuinely no reason to subscribe to the network for NXT anymore except for the takeovers. I also hate to say it, but like I feel like this is probably going to lead to monthly takeovers. I mean, that all raised – it's all the question here is that like, you know, and, I, and this is something I don't really think they delved into in this in this call yet or at all. But like the thing that we have always heard and they've always said basically is that NXT is a cost sink. Like they lose money on NXT. They have never been profitable with NXT as far as we know. And part of that is that like, you know, that they've literally said before in, in investor calls when they've been questioned about this is – that's not the point. Like, we're not trying to make money on NXT. NXT is supposed to be a farm league. It is supposed to be developmental. It is supposed to be finishing school for these wrestlers so that we can bring them to the, the main show and make all the money with them there. Yeah. If this but, is going to keep going this way, how long does that last? Well, they're in a weird state right now where I don't even think WWE can figure out if WWE can figure out whether or not NXT's main roster. That is true. My question I have for you, though. Um, so there have been rumors going around the past couple weeks uh, or uh, ever since this uh, the firing happened. Like there's been some talk around the dirt sheets and other places that. To the effect of NXT's deal on USA is actually not good. In fact, they might not be getting any money for it. Was this addressed at all in any of the information that you've seen? I did not see – I did not see it addressed at all. I think that that was shot down pretty much by Dave Meltzer coming out and saying, what? I haven't heard that. Hmm. And I know when we were talking about this privately, you kind of alluded to the fact that it's like, or you kind of said that it might have been people misunderstanding what zero dollars means, where it's like, yes, they're paying them technically zero dollars, but it could be like, but they're going to cover production costs and with an ad share. Oh, what I was more thinking, saying was that like, because part, part of where I had heard this was that like. Uh, they were talking about on Wrestling Observer and they were making a point about how like I think that people confused what they were saying which is now you don't have to pay money to watch NXT you can watch NXT for free because it's just on USA and they heard that and they said oh USA's not paying the money for it Mm. which no I don't think so so that was my theory going into this. That's, but like, that said, though, I have the thing that lends a lot of credibility to the zero dollar thing is, as I saw some people pointing out, 
They got their USA TV deal real fucking quick. They did. Considering, like, when I was at SummerSlam in August, end of August, the the FS1 people were sitting front row at TakeOver to examine the NXT product that they were going to purchase. Huh. And then, as soon as AEW announced it, and I guess FS1 either wasn't going to give them Wednesdays or wasn't going to give them quick enough to get the jump on AEW... I bet it's probably both. I bet it's probably yeah. They they wouldn't have gotten to when they probably wouldn't have gotten Wednesday. Yeah, cause, and so they went with USA. They because TV deals take a while to get. It's true. And like as someone that was on a TV show, that's about the quality of what WWE puts out. I mean, you did have the city on your shoulder blades. It's true. You know, that show never got a TV deal. And granted, you know, the creator of my show was not Vince McMahon. But um, my point is, is like, yeah, a TV deal does not come about in, in under a month unless you really are willing to take some concessions. Yeah, like you got to be willing to make some sacrifices if you're basically not even really going to negotiate and just want to get on there just so you can be on there. Yeah. And God, I mean, just even thinking about the fact that it was so fly by night that literally like NXT was just an hour for like the first two weeks because they still had suits. Which NXT roster member is going to marry the next royal? I hate to say it. I feel like Kona Reeves is going to fail upwards. (laughs) Kona Reeves, future king of England. Everything is the worst. But so are the royals, so it makes sense. I can't believe Kona Reeves and Prince Andrew are a thing now. I can't believe you just implied that Kona Reeves rode on the Lolita Express with Prince Andrew. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. (laughs) Kona Reeves did not kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Kona Reeves. Fuck pedophilia. These are not related. Unless they are, allegedly. <laughs> Alleged by me. Um, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to idiot Skype this episode. <laughs> Look, it's just going to happen sometimes. The two of us should, just shouldn't be allowed to record things without supervision. Nah, fuck that. Um, yeah, like a lot... A lot was a lot was coming out about as well. The big thing about how their live event numbers are down. Yeah, like so. The the story that we've been hearing going into this all is that basically live events are losing money now. They are not making money on house shows. Did did they elaborate on any of this? They said that their their justification for why live events are down was because there was no super showdown in Australia. Which, okay, fair, like, I have to imagine that Super Showdown did really well for them, considering how fucking packed that stadium looked. Yeah. And Melbourne Cricket Count's fucking huge. And I did see that, yeah, like, the number of shows that they did this year was down compared to this time last year. But still, like, it all does seem to conflate, like, I feel like that's not telling the whole story when it all conflates with, like, Things that else is all like, hey, merch sales are really down. Yeah. Um, from what I'm reading here of the summaries, there were no comments on it. Hmm. Um, it was more like, you know, there was there were talks of concern about their involvement with the XFL. <laughs> which I feel which, like it- I mean, it's a justifiable concern when the owner of your company takes a bunch of money out of the company to open up a different company that failed spectacularly before. Yep. He's going for it. 
I do know, like that they had uh, the CFOs just basically be on the call being like, no, 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 these aren't related. They're not going to be related. We're not going to merge the two companies at all. Put Jesse Ventura back on commentary for the XFL. You cowards. Do they even have commentators? I mean, probably. We'll find out Saturday. I guess so. <laughs> Um, you know, them saying as well that they're not really going to, you know, they basically came out and said that they're not going to do another Attitude Era to compete with AEW. And Vince takes pride on the fact that it's one of the few programs that really is PG. Excuse me? Do you really think Vince watches this show? I mean, I think he does. I think it's just, look, I think he's just, he does the Trump thing. I mean, he always does this when, like, he fucking, remember when he made the comments after the fucking uh, Double or Nothing match? Uh, you know, the Cody Dustin one. And he was just like, a, we're not, uh, we don't we do not do that kind of uh, blood and guts gory style here in this company. It's like, motherfucker. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Look, I think he knows. I think he just doesn't care and he's willing to say whatever he wants to fucking say at the time. That'll make him sound good. Kind of like uh, America's big, wet baby Hall of Famer president. Look, what he's really just saying is Vince, Vince, actually, he's correct because he still thinks of PG from like the 80s before they introduced PG-13. <laughs> Yeah, he's thinking, like, Goldfinger PG. Actually, no, Goldfinger was G. (laughs) Exactly, you know. Hey, if Bond can do what he did to Pussy Galore in that film, and that's suitable for everyone, why can't can't Lana and Lashley have sex? It's a good question. Why can't we just have cuckoldry going on at every turn? (laughs) Why not just have... Corey Graves scream, holy shit. I mean, hey, if the pre- the president says shit now, shit's acceptable. It's true. They can say it once per AEW. Unless you're sexy Chucky e. T. Well, yeah, he's just not never allowed. Um, yeah, and then... You know, them saying that NXT, they're providing good competition on Wednesday and they're doing really well. Which, I mean, guess. I mean, yeah, for their purposes, it seems like, you know, we kind of talked about it on, on Heel Alternative before. Like, I kind of feel like at this point, it doesn't really matter what NXT is. Like, even if we assume that the they're getting paid absolutely nothing for NXT is true, even if we assume they are making zero dollars on NXT, like, at a point, doesn't that work in their favor? Because, like, if they can consistently get, like, 700,000 viewers a week, why would USA ever cancel them? That's free programming. That, that's getting you close to a million viewers on a Wednesday. And I'm sure WWE views this as well as, well, that's 700,000 people that aren't watching the competition. Exactly. There's no motivation for them not to do it this way. Like, even if, like, unless the show just fucking tanks, which it it won't, because, you know, you have the built-in audience, you just have a bunch of people that aren't going to like AEW, and that's fine, they don't need to, but, like, you know, you're, you're still limiting yourself here. I think, though, an interesting thing, though, about NXT's built-in audience is what's going to happen when these people get called up? I mean, you just have to assume that there's going to be a class of people that never get called up and just are NXT lifers. But are they going to pay that class of people like they would main roster people? Because, you know, we've talked before about how those pay increases they promised never came. Yeah. And that people were kind of upset about that. I mean, that's the thing is, I don't know. Like, and it's especially weird when you, when you hear like, you know, cause look, we, we talked about it a little bit on, on heel alternative this week about how uh, killer cross signed with WWE. Um, 
one of the rumored things, because of course this has been rumored for a long time that they were like seriously courting him, and one of the rumored things on there was that he was going to get fast tracked. Like, that he's basically going to skip NXT. He's going to do the AJ Styles thing. He's basically going to skip NXT or, you know, spend just a little bit of time in NXT and then go straight to, to main roster, to Vince Land. Which, I mean, he should. He has the television experience. And he doesn't need to learn how to wrestle. It's true. It's just like, then what is NXT if it's this weird brand where it's half developmental, half people like, you know, Johnny Gargano and Velveteen Dream and Ciampa, people that are fucking awesome, but probably would never get a fair shot if they were went to Vince Land. NXT, NXT is... I mean, I don't know what NXT is. Like, yeah, I have no idea what this, what the status of NXT is, because, and honestly, what they should do is just turn it into ECW on sci-fi. Just have it run the same arena, have it just go on the same tour that either Raw or SmackDown is going on, so that you can just run that arena at least get a decent amount of people, maybe recoup some money on ticket sales for live shows, because I'm sure an NXT weekly show would probably sell out. At least for the first little bit. If you put it in, or hell, if you really want to be a shit, have you follow AEW's tour schedule and just go to the 20,000-seat arenas? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I feel like like that's going to be a hard sell, especially when, like, NXT live numbers have been down too, and but that look, but that kind of comes honest, to that kind of comes though to like house show numbers in general. House show, nothing happens on house shows. Yeah, but like you'd think that NXT because they tour so infrequently, unless you're you know unless you're talking like the Florida Loop, like because they tour so infrequently and because their their fan base is so fervent, like you'd think that those numbers would be better. So I mean I can only go by um I can only go by like the people I know. And I do know some people that are like hardcore NXT fans, but have also taken the philosophy of Yeah, I'm not gonna go to that. Nothing happens on these shows. Okay. I I guess it does make sense then that yeah, they have fallen into the same trap. Yeah. Like nothing happens nothing happens and the rosters for these live shows have been less great since moving to USA and being live every week and them needing their top talent all the time. Oh, boy. Like, that was kind of the thing with NXT Live before when they would just do a month's worth of TV tapings and then they would just send the guys out to tour. You would be able to see, like, top, top talent. Yeah. Um... And yeah, shit, I remember that show that Owen and I went to in like 2015 in in Philly. Got to yeah. see Breeze. We got to see Finn. Yeah. So like matches that are happening on house shows now are like, you know, yeah. You you still have like your Shayna Baszler's, um, and but and you're getting like um, and they're so they're doing like the Street Profits versus Undisputed Era. Swerve versus Dijakovic, Pete Dunne and Damian Priest, Cassius Ono and Bronson Reed. What are the Street Profits doing on the NXT tour? They're still so. This is this is from the last house shows they did were in October. Oh, okay, fair. But uh, so the most recent house show, January twenty fifth. Um, let's see what the card is. Tyler Bate versus Raul Mendoza. Reina Gonzalez sure. versus Caden Carter. Sure. Ilya Juganovich versus Bronson Reed. Trent Seven sure. versus Cameron Grimes. Oh, my favorite. He's got that hat, top hat. <laughs> Marcel Barthel and Walter versus the Forgotten Sons. Do unto others. Wait, that's heel on heel! <laughs> Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray. Angel Garza and Swerve. And then 
Your main event is um, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle versus Undisputed Era. So, like, they're throwing you a couple bones, but, I mean, generally speaking, these are not your top, top NXT talents. Yeah, and your main event is, like, all the people, like, all the top guys, all the people you like just thrown together in a random match that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. There's no stakes. There's nothing that matters. It's just, hey, you want to see the Undisputed Era? And here's the other four people that you really like, too. And I think that's kind of the problem where, um, you know, I think that's kind of another problem because of the fact that NXT doesn't tour and they're always in Florida. It's not practical for them to, like, fly these guys out to Seattle or Toronto or New York or whatever just to do a house show. And then they have to fly them right back to... They have to fly them right back to um, Florida. And yet, that's basically what they're doing with TakeOver Portland. Yeah. But, like, the Raw and SmackDown, you know, those house shows at least generally follow the circuit of where Raw's going. Yeah, true. They're working their way to the town. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's, you know, like, NXT... A live show, or like NXT, a proper show traveling would probably be would probably be worth watching, or at least could probably draw in your smarkier towns. Yeah, because I I, fe- I still feel like the problem here is that like the NXT audience is much smaller, and I, I do think that like yeah, you can get them out for a takeover, but I don't know if you can get them out as fervently for a weekly show. Yeah. I mean, especially when you see, like, you know, look, let's be honest here. Like, AEW isn't really selling out anymore. Like, you know, they're, it's not like they're it's not like they're fucking doing poorly, but like, you know, they're they're not selling out as much as they did. Like, th- it's you know, it's a big thing that they were able to sell ten thousand tickets for a fucking show in Newark, but like, it's that's probably the biggest numbers they've done since like All Out. Or, or actually, probably since like uh, the full gear. I was going to say the dynamite, uh, the dynamite launch. Yeah, I don't DC. know. They were selling out the first few weeks and up until full gear. Yeah. Okay. But um, true, I they th- did sell out Boston and Philly. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think if NXT were to take the were to take the weekly show to markets that. You know, like, hey, take it to New York, a place that AEW is not going to. A place that apparently AEW can't go to because WWE is blackballing them from running certain venues. They sure are, allegedly. I bet that's Allegedly, hap- definitely. I bet that's what's happening in Toronto, too, considering WWE runs both of the venues in Toronto. Hmm... Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. What nah. else happened to these financials, though? So what I'm, so what I'm just taking a look here. Um, yeah, so they were saying, like, they're going to... They need to reimagine their workplace. This was the this was actually the big quote that I saw that was like, "What the fuck?" Where they're like, um, "We need to reimagine our culture in the way we do business. We have to be more inclusive, attracting world class individuals to our company." I mean, who wouldn't want to work for WWE? I mean, come on, it won't take us long to implement all that. And this just kind of Vince McMahon thing to say. This just kind of speaks to the hubris. I think of Vince where it's like he still thinks that WWE is going to be the be all and end all when more and more hot indie wrestlers don't want to go to WWE. But WWE remember is all these things as, as he says, we make movies. (laughs) Kenny Omega as the Marine book it. (laughs) I know the Marine was into child fetishism now <laughs> allegedly allegedly 
see no evil three with Kenny Omega. God damn it. Yeah, no, I, I think that like, look, I, I get what they're trying to say. And also I think, you know, it's a, it's an interesting quote in the sense of just also like him acknowledging that, yeah, we need to fucking, uh, you know, change our office structure, our corporate culture and all these things. Like, of course it doesn't mean anything. Like it obviously doesn't mean anything. This is fucking Vince McMahon we're talking about. And like, this is a, com- I feel like this sounds to me like something I was throwing out there. This sounds to me like something Stephanie told him to say. Yeah. Like, this sounds a lot like her very much Stephanie's brand of using philanthropy and fucking talking about fucking, like, diversity and and being, you know, corporate woke as PR. Other thing, yeah, like, this is, I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird thing for Vince McMahon to say, definitely. I also think it is a completely meaningless thing that Vince McMahon is saying. It's a platitude. Nothing more. Because, let's be honest, this is WWE. Most of what they deal with is platitudes. I love how, in the same quote, he's able to acknowledge that we need to change our corporate culture. But also, but who wouldn't want to work for us? Yeah, we're the best company. We do everything. We we make podcasts. We make movies. We we make reality t- shows. We're story weavers. We're dream smiths. And I want to kind of I want to kind of use this to kind of just get into the next thing, which is talking about the network. And this has been going around for a while, but uh, there's now rumors about. WWE wants to sell their pay-per-view rights to a, to a different streaming service. Well, and this was this was during the call as well. Could you? This was during the call as well. You know, there was a lot of talk there, and there's been this talk for a while about having multiple tiers of the network. Yeah, like there there have definitely been rumors for a, a minute that like they're going to add a second tier, like you know, and admit, and also they they it is a two tiered system now. They have a free tier. What's on the free tier? The free tier is basically you can watch the live stream and you can watch like select things that they make available. So if I'm if I'm a free subscriber, can I just get like the pay per views for free then? If I watch them live? That I'm not sure about. I think they might black it out during pay-per-views. Hmm. So I was going to say, because this sounds a lot like what the network is in Canada. Hmm. I think so, they might black it out during during big shows. I don't really know. Again, like, they, they pretty much said it, even in the investor call, uh, from what I saw, that, like, hey, we launched this in December. We don't know anything about how it's doing. Like, this is a soft launch. Like... We're test. We're just testing the waters here. Yeah, but like, yeah, there's been the rumors for a long time that like there's going to be a tier above the nine ninety nine tier where you can get like progress and evolve and their other partner companies. I'm really curious how that evolve one thirty one show did. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Is like, I I'd want to think that it did okay, but at the same time. I haven't done another one. And I mean, I wonder if that was them just testing the waters of like, yeah, you, I, I, I wonder if they just look at the number and they assume like, well, if if being generous here, 50% of the people that watch this would convert to the higher tier to watch more Evolve. I guess they just determined it's not financially worth it. Yeah, and I think that there's two big things that we need to acknowledge here. And, and again, this is all just, like, hearsay from the dirt sheets. But two things that I, I definitely – I have heard about about the former co-president Michelle Wilson, who was apparently a big proponent of the network and pushing the network. That, like, this extra tier was part of, like, you know, part of her big push for the network. And that now that she is out – it's a question of when this will happen or if this will happen at all. Yeah. And also that maybe some of the dissatisfaction here and maybe part of the reason why they're, you know, talking about this now is that 
Michelle Wilson was apparently a big proponent behind the the network is nine ninety nine. You get the pay per views. Who's on it? She might not like the talk. Is that people feel like she maybe didn't necessarily understand how important pay per views were to WWE as a revenue stream, and overthinking how much money they could make off make from it from getting everybody to just pay ten bucks a month. When you know you have to remember here, like. As much as I'm sure they probably weren't getting as many sales as they were, like, you know, subscribers a month, they were doing pay-per-views every month, and they were 45 bucks. Yeah. Sometimes 60 for Mania. Yeah, I mean, you would need six, you would need six subscribers for six times the amount of subscribers than bought pay-per-views in order for that to be just a worthwhile move over. And their numbers weren't great by the time that they were cutting them, but they were still getting like 300,000 buys a show. Yeah, which is absolutely not what the, uh, you know, 300,000 buys a show at 60 bucks. That's 1.8 million people that would need to be subscribed to the network. Yeah. They're nowhere near that. Nope. They've never gotten close to that. And I think also, I saw a lot of people saying with regards to the network, too, a big reason why a lot of people are dropping it is, you know, the network launched in 2014. It was basically the network Hulu and Netflix. It's true. There are so many streaming services now. There are. And WWE does not necessarily have enough of an interesting back catalog to keep people subscribed. Yeah, and the part of the problem, I think, is also that, like, they've put out a lot of that back catalog now. Yeah. Like, what more of the, what more to the well can they really do? Like, they, they put out all, you know, they put out as much of the world-class championship wrestling as they c- can get. They put out all of Nitro and Thunder. They put out a lot of fucking Raw and SmackDown. Like... Basically, for the most part, if it exists, you can watch it on this network. So, like, aside from just, like, you know, finding more hidden gems and shit, like, what can they really do aside from making new programming? And, I mean, don't get me wrong, those hit that hidden gems thing is definitely, you know, there's some really good stuff on there. No, there's incredible stuff there, but also, they're not even really doing it anymore. Yeah, well... Again, there's only so much old wrestling you can find. Yep. And, like, I feel like at this point, all that's really missing on there is, like, Todd Pettengill's VHS guide to WrestleMania for the NES. Yeah, or, like, the weird Coliseum video edits of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm not going to lie, there's a part of me that maybe would pay for a higher tier if it was like, if you subscribe to this tier, you'll get the stuff with the music. Yeah, that'd be cool. But if I could get the, if I could get the For Whom the Bell Tolls intro. Yeah, like, you know, you and I are notably, I don't know if we've talked about this on air, but like, that ReCW project. Yep. You know, that's fucking awesome. And I'm sure if there... And I'm, I'm sure it's prohibitively expensive to do that. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest here. This is ECW. They did not pay for any of that. But, like, I'm, I'm sure that you could... I'm sure that you could probably get enough people to pay a decent amount of money to watch, like, the high-quality stuff as you remember it. Yeah. Like, hell, a big... A big selling point of the network when they announced it was, yeah, the WWF logo is going to be in it. Give Dr. Dre money, you cowards. And like, yeah, it's still kind of and like it's part of what part of something that I've always felt kind of makes the network feel incomplete to me is they do go back and edit stuff. Oh, totally. Like, like the, that's the thing. The sad thing about the network here is that it's not the event as it actually happened. It is the event as WWE wants you to remember it. Like they they've edited out Big Boss Man being hung. They've uh, edited out like major botches. 
they, yeah, you, you won't hear Eddie Guerrero yell, where the fuck is Vicky? There's no Mickey James licking her hands. And like, and there's all, and like, there's also some stuff like a lot of the Chris Benoit commentary is gone. Weird. I can't believe it. And like, yeah, I get it that, yeah, it sure is kind of in retrospect real bad for Jim Ross to just be like, he's a killer, a vicious killer. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like. It's what happened. If you're someone going back to watch a Chris Benoit match, you fucking know what happened. Yeah, it's. We know. Like, we're watching it because we want to see it. Like. Yeah. It's not going to be some. Some random person is not going to just stumble on fucking Chris Benoit. Especially when you do everything in your power to never acknowledge him at all. You literally cannot. Searching for his name produces no results. Yep. His matches have no timestamps. He is dead named, basically. Yeah. And, like, again, I get it. But also, as, as ghoulish as it is for me to say this, I bet if you made a $15 Chris Benoit tier, there are people that would pay for that. Absolutely. And they all live in the YouTube comments. Um, but yeah, like, you know, but all this talk about them wanting to take, like, the big four off of the network, that's gonna be bad. Yeah, like, I don't think they, look, this is something that we've been saying for, like, the past week on every single show on this website here. Is that, pay-per-view like... pay-per-view costs ten bucks now. Yeah. We see it every single time that AEW does a, does a show. Is all these people are like, no, I'm never going to pay any more than ten dollars for a pay-per-view. And hell, I was guilty of it myself when they announced it. I'm like, but are they going to do, like, an AEW network on BR Live where I can just pay a subscription fee to get the pay-per-views? Nope. And but then I realized, wait, no, these these shows are actually worth sixty bucks. Yeah, like you know, AEW has done a good job. Maybe not, you know. There's obviously a ceiling here. Like they're obviously going to, you know, never. There's a number they're never going to get bigger than, and that's just is what it is. But like, they have done a good job of making those shows feel like they matter and making those shows feel like, yeah, no, this is something that I do want to pay 50 bucks for, which that's a lot of money, but it's like, all right, well, it's once every three months and they're giving me some crazy fucking matches that like, I won't get to see anywhere else. Yeah. WWE, how can they, how can they possibly convince people that like, Hey, this thing that I'm paying 10 bucks a month for, actually, I'm going to have to still pay 10 bucks a month for the network and then pay something money to somewhere else. Like, I don't know. Like, I know that, you know, they're going to try and do that because that's what the UFC is doing now. But that doesn't seem like something that's really going to work out for them with how they've conditioned this audience, for one, and for the quality of their shows. Like, I can't think of a single WWE pay-per-view that I would I would have gladly paid more than 10 bucks for. Like maybe the takeovers, maybe the takeovers, but like not a main roster show, not the Royal Rumble. Yeah, like I think that's been, you know, we've said this a lot and I've said this, you know, I've said this a lot as well. It's like yeah, this show felt like it was worth about 10 bucks. And like, yeah, I'm not angry that I paid ten bucks to watch the Viking Raiders fight the OC to a double countout. Yeah, because it was ten bucks that I was gonna spend anyway, and it's like, yeah. well, it's on, so I might as well watch it. 
when you're telling me that now I have to like go to a place and spend money and like actively seek out this thing because you're p- trying to put it on like ESPN or DAZN or whatever the fuck, like that becomes a much harder sell. Then it becomes work. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a consideration. It's not just something that's given. And you know, you know, like I wonder if they're gonna. Like I don't know what to I don't know what to do with the network anymore. I mean, I think honestly the only thing they really can do is that they need to double down on airing on like airing these house shows and airing specials. They need to do more shit like Starcade. They need to do more shit like Smackville. Like those shows sucked, don't get me wrong. Like those shows aren't going to help fix the problem because they were bad, but like you need to keep making content for this network if you want to keep people subscribing and like all the other content that they've tried to make has been has basically failed and like it doesn't seem like you know it's moving the needle enough for them to care and keep trying it like legends house was nothing edge and christian is done camp wwe was a garbage fire yeah like um and, you know, again, as maybe the only person in the world that liked story time, even story time could have been better. Yeah. And, like, how many people are you really going to convince to, like, you know, sign up for the network to watch them reenact, like, PG versions of road stories with bad flash animation? <laughs> Look, those Camp WWE editors needed to do something. Not wrong. But, like, you know, and WWE uploads a lot of stuff to their YouTube stuff. Like, why isn't After the Bell on the network? Or why isn't, um, why is, why aren't, like, those videos from the Performance Center on the network? Yeah. Like, that is, like... Like, how many, like, look at how many people rate, like, I think the show that was probably raved about the most was, um, the one they did, the one they did that wasn't tough enough, but was just them, Breaking Ground. Yeah, Breaking Ground. Yeah. Like, Breaking Ground was the one that people liked. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's probably cheap to produce, because those people are just training. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me why they, you know, don't aren't doing anything, it seems like. You know, like, and hell, there, there are other shit like the Mix Max Challenge, that's a Facebook show. Why isn't that yeah. on, why isn't that live on the network instead? Well, hey, part of the reason their revenues are down, they said, or their engagement numbers were down, was because they didn't have a uh, Mix Max Challenge on Facebook Watch. Yeah, probably. I mean, they they called it out in the call. Mm-hmm. Do more Southpaw, but do that exclusively on the network. Yeah. And, like, I like, get it. The first one was an ad for KFC. And the second one for Old Spice. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But it's like, you know, hey, people clearly want that shit. Yeah, like, people like that content that they're willing to basically... You know, sit through the fact that, like, oh, yeah, no, this is just a glorified ad. But still. And, like, there are people, like, and, and you know, yeah, they, there are people that they fired that they probably shouldn't have. Like, you know who would make great content for the network? Jim Johnston. Yeah. Get him to just do a weekly thing where he talks about one theme song a week. People Why would not? subscribe to that. They have just, like, all these resources. They have, like, all these crews that are just, like, the best video editors and documentarians on wrestling and all this shit. And, again, they just don't really do anything with it. Like, yeah, they, they do, like, you know, the WWE 24s. They do the WWE 365s, all that shit. But, like, I don't know. I feel like they're not doing a great job of convincing people, like, yeah, no, you want to watch this. This is something you should care about. And, like, to your point about the video editors, like... You know, those video games, they have the showcase modes. And before each of the matches, they have a video package. And they can make any... They've made those matches seem amazing. 
just through the power of their video editing. Mm-hmm. Like they made fucking they made fucking WrestleMania 2000, the McMahon in every corner, seem like one of the greatest matches you will ever see. Yep. And it's like they could, they could, yeah. You have these people at your disposal. Why did they cancel Talking Smack? Because they didn't like Daniel Bryan and Renee going into business for themselves. I mean, I get it, but also like, hey, they're your employee. As as shitty as it is for me to say this, they're your employees. You can rein them in. You write. You run a scripted show. Yep. You know that is still engaging content that helped build storylines. For fuck's sake, it gave us the Miz Daniel Bryan storyline, which was like one of the best storylines you'd ever done until you fucked it up. Yeah. And like, why didn't they keep doing Raw Talk? Yeah, it was a bad show, but so's Raw. Hey. Um There is one thing in these financials that you did bring up, Oscar, that I feel like we really need to discuss here though. Yeah. Oscar, how did WWE 2K20 do for him? (laughs) Really badly. (laughs) I'm trying to find the exact number here. They just said it was hurt. They just said that their media sales were hurt by 2K20. I hear it did very poorly for them. I mean, deservedly so. Yeah, reasonably so, but... Wow. The fact that it did so poorly, I couldn't even make money selling the exclusive super cards. Damn. Like, yeah. What a world. Yeah, this game, this game is real bad. Good job, 2K. You did it. Hey, this, this, they're, they're going on. Uh, they're going on again to the next time. To, they're developing 2K21 with the same team. I mean, they can't not at this point. Yeah. They've already they've already committed to this, and they already lost a lot of money on 2K20. So 2K21 is going to have less of a budget. So the th- the thing is, though, is that even though they even though 2K20 hurt their uh, hurt their media sales. There was still an there was still a twenty nine percent increase. Yeah, like that's the thing that we really you know we mentioned it at the top here, but we should really say quite specifically they made a fuck ton of money this year. Yeah, or this quarter. Yeah, no, it's like operating revenue of like three hundred thirty something million dollars. You know, as, as as we as we were kind of saying, it's like they have these huge, you know, they have these big TV deals. Who who knows what will happen when these TV deals are up? But I mean, they have the big TV deals. They have the big toy sponsorship from Mattel. You know, they're you know the quality of ads that runs on Raw is good. Yeah. It's better than the quality of ads that runs on AEW. I don't know. I feel like some of the ads are the same quality. It's probably different in Canada, though. Um, I mean... I, but, I mean, generally speaking, though, I think WWE still has... Still has an air of legitimacy and being a big thing. And because they're more family-friendly, it is something advertisers are going to flock to more. Yeah, but also, hear me out here, Ross still does advertise the the Frank Thomas Big Hurt dick pills. (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah, baby, you know how many times I see those (laughs) Nugenics ads every Monday? Trust me, she'll like it too. (laughs) Man, I need to watch the American feed of this show. You're missing all the good content. 
I get a bunch of ads all the time when I watch Raw for Bowflex. Yeah, I would get some Bowflex ads. And, you a lot know, of Popeye's ads. As I once said to Owen, it's like, as I once said in a show notes for an episode of Raw, I'm not going to say any more about these Bowflex ads because I don't want to get banned from PWC. <laughs> We're just going to put them on a train, send them to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Wait, no, no. Um, <laughs> we couldn't go one week. <laughs> We're never going to. Um, yeah, like, you know, Canada, say, mostly like a lot of Popeye's ads as well. A lot of, um, a lot of ads for trucks. I love trucks. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder, you know, I wonder even how the ad stuff is going because they're still doing the picture in picture thing, which has got to take engagement down. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the picture in picture, you know, I I have to imagine if the picture in picture wasn't working for them, they wouldn't do it. You know? Yeah. Did away EW. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the, I think the big thing to go here is that they're talking about turning the network into an over the top service. And which would mean a premium cost for the big fours or potentially for all the pay-per-views. It's a bold strategy there. Let's see how it plays out for them. I mean, I hate to say it. I think all WWE has to do is if they make the cost of a pay-per-view 20 bucks, that's still going to hurt AEW because it's just going to condition people that, yeah, pay-per-view is 20 bucks. And see, I even have to pay extra for it. Yeah, I I do. I I agree with that. Like, I think that it's probably going to, they can still get that same effect there. I just, I genuinely wonder if if that's even going to be enough money for them to just like say, now it's a $20 if you want the pay-per-views. I should also point out as we're, as we were talking about, why don't they do more original series is they did just announce today a new docu-series on the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, my favorite era. Hey, it's a lot of people's favorite era. The best era of wrestling is the era that you were eight years old when you watched. I mean, yeah, I was eight years old when when Bash of the Beach 96 happened, so true. You know, like, just as much of the Ruthless Aggression era has aged as poorly as the Attitude Era. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's Argu- almost like the Ruth- the Ruthless Aggression Era was just the Attitude Era, but with worse people. I mean, the women's stuff was better in the Ruthless Aggression Era. Damn. Marginally. Katie Damn. Vick, Katie Vick is a better angle than Terry Runnels faking a miscarriage. Don't at me. I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> but uh what if they're all bad? Well well yeah, I mean the best year for wrestling was 2011. No, 2009 to 2010 because they had the celebrity guest hosts. I don't know. I feel like their run a couple years ago when they had the entourage guys on. That was, that was way more. That was during the guest host era. No, it was a few years ago. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of when Jeremy Piven was talking about Summerfest. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's different. No, I'm talking about when the entourage guys came out to introduce Zack Ryder for a fucking, uh, John Cena United States Open Championship. I forgot this happened. This did happen. Bring back Kathy Lee and Hoda and give them 30 minutes again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bring back the Ball family and let the kids say the N-word one more time. <laughs> you know what? 
that I was okay with that. <laughs> but uh, but a uh, big money. I think with that, I think we fully analyzed the Q4 analysis for World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated. What so are what are we thinking here? Buy or sell? Sell. Sell now, but buy when it gets down to $30, because it's going to skyrocket back up its mania season. I'm, I actually have been considering, like, if it gets down to, like, 30 or so, like, eh, maybe I'll buy a couple shares. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because, yeah, it's mania season. It's probably going to go up in value again. Yeah. Q, Q, Q1 is always strong because of Rumble Mania. We're on the road to financial mania. It's really stocks are the ultimate thrill ride. I mean, they just keep going up. Hell yeah. That's the great thing about a bubble is that bubbles just keep getting bigger. They just inflate, inflate, and inflate, and you win. Exactly. There was a... There was a comic I was thinking of, but then I remembered, wait, no, that's Stone Toss. <laughs> no! All right, no, no, fuck. Now we're talking Stone Toss and show needs to end. <laughs> well, well, big money. It's good having you on. The WWE, no, the, the PW.C financial hour money. report. Money, money, money. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. As always, I've been your host, Oscar, but spelt with a dollar sign. We'll see you next time here on the Financial Report. Podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 